This is the Mailbox Money Podcast, and I am Bronson Hill. As a busy professional, I wrestled with how to grow my income without taking up more of my precious time. I learned that managing real estate, actively trading stocks, or being unable to scale up investments is not passive investing. This is the place where you'll discover new asset classes, develop investing skills, and learn from experts how to become financially free with less work than you thought possible. And now, get ready for truly passive income. So what does it look like to be working your job and be raising money for big real estate deals? That's something that I did. I was able to 20x my net worth the last four years while working a full-time job for three of those four years. And my friend Socket Jane is here. We call him Socket the Rocket. And he basically has done some amazing things. He's raised millions and millions of dollars while still working a full-time job and providing incredible value to people. So Socket, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Really excited to have you today. Same here, Bronson. Thank you, man. Thank you. And you are the man. Uh, <laughs> how was your obstacle when I hear you did that recently? Oh, thanks, man. It was good. Yeah, this weekend I was uh, you know, Socket's about, you're about four hours from the uh, DC area. We were going to get together, but I know you had some stuff going on. But no, I, I had a great time. I uh, I didn't injure myself and I, I did good. get stuck in the mud and, and got off the course for a little bit because so much mud got in my eyes I couldn't see. So that was a little bit tragic. <laughs> but because um, what happened, I was going Socket and I took a step down. And I expected it to be about a six inch step down. And it was like a two or three feet step down and it was really oh. muddy. So this mud just like splashed all over my face and I had nothing to drive. And I didn't want to start grabbing leaves and trees. I was like, who knows, maybe this is poison oak or you don't know what this is. So, but I, but I, as I started sweating, I couldn't see later because of the, anyway, it was a long story, but I, I made it, I survived. I was okay, but I appreciate That's it. That's good, man. Maybe, I maybe you'll done, come out and join uh, me there. I, I wish I could because I've done one tough mutter um, yeah. up in um, upstate New York. And I promised myself I'll never do that again. Yeah. Um, it was hard, man. If you're not ready, and I wasn't trained. Uh, yeah. This is part of an MBA exercise that all of us thought crazy people, let's just do it. I'm like, you, you really need to train for these things. You can't just show up. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's two ways to do it. I think it's like in life, you can just show up and, and just kind of do the best you can, or you can train, you can prepare. And I think that's kind of what we're, we're doing here. This is, this is, this is our virtual tough mutter or a virtual Spartan race. We're training it, people. There's tons, of, it, obstacles there's tons of obstacles and things. Yeah. And you have managed those obstacles. You've, you've done it in record time. You've raised millions of dollars. You didn't even get mud in your eyes like I did. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background socket and just kind of how you got to where you are and what you've done so far? Yeah. Look, um, if my accent didn't give away, I grew up in India. Um, I've been here for over 22 years now. So I won't say better half or worse half. Um, but a lot of my life is here now in the U.S. I've, uh, you know, as growing up in growing up in India, real estate is a second nature to us, right? Because the whole country is about real estate, gold, real estate, gold, right? These two things we believe in. So as soon as I jump, as soon as I came in here, within the first three years or so, I started buying real estate. Um, but really, the journey started for me as an active, and I would say intelligent. I'm not calling myself intelligent. But as a very intentional real estate purchase, real estate investor really started in 2016 uh, when I got laid off, right? That's really when the shift happened for me from buying for appreciation and being okay with the cash, negative cash flow to buying to make sure there's a positive cash flow and then scale up from there. And uh, before it was only single family homes, um, like, any, like any of your listeners or maybe your journey as well, you know, 
eventually you realize it's going to take a thousand years to get to a point where if you're lucky, uh, if your HVAC didn't break down, if you didn't get evicted, if somebody didn't sue you, if you survive those thousand years, maybe you will get a pass- enough passive income to get financially free. And when I realized that, I started jumping into multifamily and really it became a passion and became an addiction from that point onwards to help myself. And at that point, during the lay- through the layoff, when that trigger happened, I was lucky enough to offer to be, be hired at Airbnb. They recruited me to lead one of their uh, business operations team out in Montreal. And I quickly realized that at some point this company is going to go public and I'm going to get I'm going to get a ton of taxes, phantom taxes, because I would have RSUs, which essentially is restricted stock units, which are stock options uh, at a, in, a, in a layman terms, right? I mean, there's, there's way more into RSUs than that. But anyways, I was going to get that money and their RSUs are going to invest and I'm going to get taxed up to the wazoo. So I need to start figuring out my tax reduction strategy as well. So that's when it started becoming more and more active for me, more and more I started talking to more syndicators, more people like yourselves, and now myself to run how did they do it, and uh, realized that my current ecosystem wasn't going to get me there. So then I really looked at where will I go in, right? So I joined master, masterminds, inner circles, uh, seminars. I was literally on the hunt for people who have done this, not as a learning exercise, but trying to make sure I can successfully clues. So I wanted to get those clues, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was able to mimic them. And really my journey back forward from 2016 to 2022, while 2016 was the hardest year because we had to not only take our kids from the private school, we had to, um, we had to move, move, from, move out of state, move with my in-laws. It was just a very, very, for me personally, it was very humiliating experience, right? Mm-hmm. As an immigrant, you don't come to, you, I did not leave India to come to a life where I become a victim of somebody else's decision, five, 10 people in the boardroom making a decision for me. And that did not just impact me, it impacted my whole family, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't, did not want ever to have that happen ever again. So let's slow so you down for a second, Saka. Let's, let's slow you down for a second. You've just gone like over 10 different nuggets here and we've got to unpack yeah, some of this because I want to make this interactive. Um, so you talked about you were going to, you obviously did very well at your job. You're a company that, you know, everybody knows Airbnb and it went public. So you made some money there. You're able to try to find a way to reduce taxes and you learn, um, you know, how, okay, how do I do this? And then you were also looking for, you know, passive income through mm-hmm. initially single family, which for me, same thing. And, and yeah, it's going to take many, many years to become financially free. It's a hundred dollars mm-hmm. a month with a house and gradual appreciation may not always work. And so they're using the power of other people's money. So from there, how did you discover like syndication and that when did you make that decision that I'm going to raise the money and I'm going to go do this stuff myself? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a great question. So for me, it was really for me first, right? And I didn't have time to go, at least I didn't think I had the time to go active. I actually didn't even know I could invest in a multifamily because my impression, my mindset for multifamily was only rich people own apartments. Right, right. That's it's so, it's, it's so common. For. It's so common. I just had a call with somebody earlier and it was like, why do we think that? And, and kind of what we thought about is that like, you see all these, like people are familiar with houses and they see houses, like they live in a house. So they're familiar. Oh, I have a payment for out. Like I know this. And then, oh, I could buy another one. It would be this much per month. It's very understandable. And, and then wall street stuff is like, 
they spend billions of dollars educating us and even our companies educate us that like, here's how you do mm-hmm. retirement, but no one's talking about multifamily because you can't, I mean, there's like a, a legality thing. And so there's nobody actually right. out there, very few people out there. And it's, it kind of sounds like a scam because nobody from finance or nobody mm-hmm. like on HGTV is talking about buying apartment buildings. It just feels like, but, but see, so at some point you made a decision, you realized you could like, oh my gosh, I could like 10 X or I could grow you know, way more and I could do this. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, just keep going on that, what you were sharing there. Yeah, definitely. Right. So, so I think first thing was for me was a mental barrier. So mm-hmm. I had to cross that mental. I realized the power of single family, cash flowing single family assets. I really, I, I realized the benefit of that. Right? Now I'm like, if I need to scale, I need to do something else. We were looking at duplexes, quadplexes, but somebody has a passing, passing uh, comment in one of the networking events said that you should always own hundred plus units. Yeah. What do you mean you should own hundred plus units? I mean, how can you even own a hundred plus unit? Because now I'm thinking it's tens of millions of dollars. I don't have money. What do I, because my mindset was I have to go in alone with my own money, right? That was yeah. the mindset I had. I maybe JV with a friend of mine, you know, we do 50-50 split, but I wasn't thinking too big. Now my, my first question to him was, hey, could I just could I just borrow your brain for five seconds here? How do you <laughs> buy a 100 unit apartment? How rich are you? How much money do you have? He's like, I am actually, I'm a college grad. Uh, I don't have the money, right? And then he started yeah. talking to me about his own journey. A whole world opened, right? Of course, I had a ton more questions than yeah. I had answers, but that's a great thing, right? That is the best thing. If you have questions, but not answers, you will look for answers. If you think you know it all, you will never look for answers. So for my journey into multifamily began at that point. Yeah, And, and as and- I mentioned, but, uh, go ahead, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Interrupt you, I interrupt you. Um, you you have so many nuggets here that I want to really point these out. So you, I, I think you talked about this. You had to change your mindset. You had to get to a different mm-hmm. place. And I think that's the challenge. What I, and the same question you asked of like, you know, like I, I couldn't buy, I remember I had my cousin who'd been in real estate for years, multifamily. And he's like, you know, you're doing these single family. I had four or five single family houses in another state. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you know, and I said, you know, I, I, he said, why don't you do multifamily? And I said, well, I'd love to, but I don't have the money. And he said, you can raise the money. And he taught me about syndication. And it was just like, my mind just like exploded. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, right. is this possible? And then I started to believe when I met other people that had done that, I'd left their job and it became really powerful. But um, I want you to talk for a minute and, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm directing you around a little bit because I know there's a lot to talk about. We could talk for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, I think definitely. it's going to be most beneficial. Um, talk to me a little bit about networking. Cause it seems to me, as I've known you over the years, you're really good at connecting with people. Even from when we first met, you're really good at, mm-hmm. at being interested and asking questions and just even like going to a lot of events and you have a you know, you have young kids. And of course that's challenging and, you know, be able to do this, but you make time for it, which is, which is the half, half of the battle is going to an event, going to a national conference. Yeah. The second part is like actually being personable and actually being interested and actually making a connection with someone that, oh, actually they want me now on their podcast or they want to do a deal with me or they mm-hmm. like, so talk to me a little bit about kind of how you approach these networking events, because you've obviously been very successful and maybe you've, you've met investors there, you've met partners there, you've met people that have helped you, even like this person you talked about that kind of helped explain to you, like, how do you just, you, what's your mindset when you go into those events? Yes, I think I'm very intentional about networking, right? Like yourself. I mean, you're a great networker yourself. Uh, you're at all the events that I go to and probably more uh, that I don't go to. Uh, but I think it's more when you do networking, first of all, is you have to be clear about why are you networking? Um, and most, most people, including me at some point, we would show up at a networking event and hope that something good would come out of it, right? 
you would magically meet a Bronson Hill there and your life's <laughs> going to change, right? That's, that's really why, why, how people approach these conferences, these seminars, these uh, meetups, right? I think it's, it's got, we got to be more intentional uh, on that. I mean, you, you and I know um, Russell Gray. He is the king Amazing. of intentionality, right? Yeah. He doesn't probably wake up out of the bed without an intention. Um, and when you look at it, if you attend these events with intentionality, you have to be clear about your intention. Now, I think there's a difference between strategic networking, random networking, and authentic networking. Right? Mm. And I feel like there's a Venn diagram where all of these three intersect. And you have to really figure out what that sweet spot is for you. Your personality has to match, right? I mean, you could yeah. want to have an intentional networking but you could be the most introvert person on the planet Earth. So you have to figure out, are you willing to make that jump? And if you're not willing to make that jump, that may not be the path for you. Then you got to figure out what's the path for you. But these three things have to intersect because if they don't intersect, we got an issue because now you're trying to show up at the event and these events are costly, right? They're not just the travel. You're taking time. It's travel costs. It's accommodation. It's these um, drinks there, dinners there, networking there, they all cost money, but least of it is it takes time away from something else that you're already doing. If you have kids, yeah. if your family, if your spouse is taking time away from that. So I think that's the key part of trying to figure out what events do you want to go to? Yeah. What do you want to gain from that? And it's, it's not wrong to say that I'm going to show up an event because I just want to learn. Yeah. That's totally. an okay intention. That's an okay intention, right? But yeah. you're going with the intention to learn. So you're okay asking tens of thousands of questions because when you walk out of that, the next event you go, you're going to say, I know more than I knew before. Yeah. Now I'm going to focus on meeting Bronson. Well, it's really the, the Socratic, you know, method, right? So I guess Socrates would go around and just, just, you know, I don't know anything. What do you know? And he just asked questions and he just kind of assumed to know nothing. And just, and what happened, he would learn so much. And I think, when you go to events, if you have a goal in mind of like, this is the person I'm trying to connect with. And I will say this about events too. There's always like serendipitous things that happen. And I was talking actually to, to Robert uh, Helms and, and Russell Gray. And, and they realized like, you know, we go to events, we kind of evaluate, you know, like, like, like for example, Freedom Fest, like, should we go to it? That's good. You know, it's a good thing. They can do a booth there. And they're like, but you know, something serendipitous always happens. There's always some connection. There's always some unique thing. And so it is interesting to see how that, how that really works. Um, yeah, on that note, Bronson, I think one, one, ex, one, one more thing on yeah. that, and then we'll, we'll go to the next question there. Yeah. I think it's more, you're one relationship away from mm -hmm. changing your life, right? So now true. we can all, you and I can sit at home and we can do this podcast thing forever because we both love to. Yeah. Um, but the challenge is going to be, we will never meet the next Bronson Hill or the next Russell Gray or the next Robert Helm if we actually don't show up. So part of that is just showing up at these events uh, it takes time and money and effort, but if your intention is there, you'll, you'll actually get a lot of value out of it. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I can't agree more. I mean, there was, uh, you know, I went, I had raised a hundred thousand dollars. This was four years ago. I'd raised a hundred thousand dollars for one deal from a guy I met at my meetup and mm -hmm. I'd just been trying for, you know, the next six months, just trying to get a deal, trying to, you know, find a, somebody to partner with, trying to find a way to get into a deal to raise money, something. And I was having trouble, but I went to a, a high paid event. And I connected with my partner there who I had some, a little bit of connection with, but I was able to, after I met him in person, I was able to like really say, Hey, what about we do this together? And I presented, I kind of pitched him on right. an idea. And from that point, literally from the next 18 months after that, I went from raising hundred K to raising 15 million 
and basically having enough investment income to be able to leave my job by covering my living expenses. And I think that's the first form of financial freedom. And so a lot of like you just exactly what you said is that people don't realize, oh, I can get all the information online is that you're not going to an event for information. Usually it's usually for transformation and for connections. Correct. There was a guy that I had a call with who um, just set up a call with me. Some people set up calls with me just to kind of chat and uh, either about our investments or other things. And he was in the Midwest and he had like a 10 unit apartment complex. And I said, Oh, are you going to events? Whatever. He said, no, I don't go to events, whatever. And I just thought like, he's trying to scale his business and do the hundred unit, but he doesn't like, if you don't go to events, you're never going to be able to scale it. It's very difficult unless you, you come from like a family that like, like has Uber money and you can do it yourself. But even then you're going to run out of money. So the, the amazing thing is, you know, now about 30 million raised, I think you've raised what about 10 million, right? Or is that over 10, over 10, over 10 million? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, so I mean, you're raising big money. It's just amazing that, you know, when you go, you just never know who you're going to meet. And you never know. So I think, I think I want to add one more aspect to that, a little bit different dimension there, Bronson. I think, yes, you may, you may meet your next partner. You may meet your next spouse. You may meet your, uh, meet your next investors, right? But I think there's something else that happens at the event. You get, inspira- you get inspired. You, you, you may have a mental block, right? Where, um, like, the, let's take this example of the 10-unit person that you talked about in Midwest. If they don't leave their hometown and go talk to people who have done bigger things than them, they actually don't know that yeah. it's possible, right? You may, you, may be, you may have enough money, but you may not yeah. know what to do. Like for me, money was never a problem, right? Because I was, I was investing in venture capital, angel fundings, even before that. So I knew how the money raising works. I knew that, but I actually didn't connect the world of multifamily and capital raise together. And how my friends who have the capital, but they are putting in an asset, which is maybe 8x, maybe 10x their deal, but most more than likely it's going to be 0xing their money, right? Sure. From they invested 100K because the chances of success of any, any new business is not that high, right? Right. So now I'm able to talk to them and say that, hey, you're going to invest 100K there. What about invest 50K here or 500K here? Yeah. Uh, where the possibility of you doubling or tripling is higher you may not 10x your money but let's talk about the tax benefit let's talk about other things that it gives you and that just changes the whole conversation yeah and and that's i think what you have been really good at socket just even from what i know about you is you're really good at at really seeing where someone else is at i think this is what a lot of people go to networking just think like oh i'm gonna bring a bunch of cards and i'm just gonna like hand them out and some magics you know they're gonna call me and we're gonna do a deal it's really like it comes down to when I approached this, this really amazing syndicator is just a huge, you know, name in the, in the, in the business or in the uh, syndication world. I said, you know, how is it going with this problem in your business? Cause I was trying to think, how can I add value to this other person? And if you approach networking events, let's say, you know, nothing about multifamily and you just simply show up and you're asking questions to learn, but you're also like trying to figure out, is there anything this person needs that I can, is it a connection? Is it, a, is it anything? And just by like doing anything you can to introduce people or to connect or, invest or just whatever it is. It's like you, you, like, that's how you build value. That's how people look at you as being a person of value is that you're always trying to add value. And the people that we right. know, they're always asking that question. They're like, how can I add to this person? How can I add to this person? And I think it's, it's so huge. So uh, that's and awesome. You know, on, on that point, yeah. Brunson is, and you know, you and I love to talk too. So you tell me yeah. if I'm that's great, much. man. I, I love it. This, this is, this is the gold right here, man. If people listen to this interview, they're going to be getting so much gold out of this. So it's so good. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, I think what you said is also very important, right? But there's a huge but there, right? So let's say if you and I meet at a, at a random event and I had no idea who you are, you have no idea who I am. If I ask you, how, how can I help you? 
you know, you're pro- I, there's a very canned response you're gonna get. Let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Right. Right. So I think part of that, what you did was amazing with the part, and I know the, the story you're talking about, it's you actually went to them with a solution, knowing what their problem is. And when you ask them that question, what is their problem at that point? And you, you're, you're a very different event. So you could have a longer conversation. So, but now you already had a solution in mind because you knew what their biggest problem is and you knew what your strength is and you were able to add that value right up front. Instead of me asking you, hey, what is your, what is your problem? How can I help you? Like, what is this random guy socket coming to me? I don't even know who he is. I'm not yeah. going to share my problems with him, right? I think yeah. there's, a, there's when, you, when you approach an event with intentionality, of course, you got to be open to listening, right? Because you have to be not just take verbal clues, non-verbal clues as well. So you have to be good, less good, active listener, but you're going to get dropped some nuggets where they're going to may not tell you their exact problems, but you may be able to assume some things because they said something else. You may be inferred. And yeah. if you dig deeper into that, the problem may get resurfaced. So it's just, you're not, you know, you don't want to go to an event with 20,000 questions and say, I've asked first five, I didn't get my answer. Let's go to the next <laughs> client, right? That's not, yeah. that's not how we're talking about. We're talking about genuine connections, not looking at Bronson's shoulder, where's the next person I want to network with, but actually being with Bronson while you're with Bronson. That is the most important thing because yeah. people can see right through it. Yeah, it's, it is really something, um, and these, these are kind of simple things, but, and they're hard to do. They're hard to like, it's really hard to stay present with somebody when there's all this activity going around. It's hard to really be, Hey, I'm really here focused, listen to what this person is saying and who are they? And you just never know. I mean, in this world, no matter how lofty, and as we've grown a lot, like people come up and they mm-hmm. ask all the time for, Oh, can you give me this or help me coach? You just don't know. Like it, it always turns into something. So I try to, as much as I can, I try to help people or at least steer them the right direction or, or make time or do what I can. And events are awesome because you'll meet just, you know, big time people, or you meet somebody that you don't even know who they are. And it turns out, wow, like this actually could be a really good connection or they have some sort of thing that you need if you're more further along than they are. And so that's, I think, a really yeah. powerful thing. And so, I mean, you know, you have found your partners at events. I have found my partners at events. Yeah. I don't go to events to look for investors because uh, I personally don't like that. I don't like to be pitched a deal at an event that I'm going to, right. unless that event is very deal specific. There are events where you're allowed and you're encouraged to talk about your deals. But most of my relationships are really around, I just got to meet folks that I can add value to and yeah. they can add value to my life. If they can elevate my game, I can elevate their game. Yeah. If for me, an event is a success if I can find even one person. Yeah. Um, that, that's an amazing networking event for me. Yeah, no, I love it, Socket. I, I, well, you're, you've done a great job at that. Let's shift gears for a minute here. Um, obviously, real estate is changing. Uh, investor sentiment has changed. You've raised a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing deals. It's uh, our experience is it's, you know, maybe twice as hard to raise money or it has been, it's getting a little easier now, it seems like, but uh, harder to raise money. And it's essentially to raise more money for the same deal. Um, yeah. right, what are you seeing right now in the market? Are you actively doing deals? Are you waiting? What's your opinion on kind of what the best strategy is? Right yes, now? I think um, it's this, I think, so let's talk about this, right? So let's, I said to you before the answer to that question, let's, let's go deeper into that question itself, right? So I think, Part of that is what's the sentiment in the market right now with the investors? Because when you and I are raising capital, not from institution, not from family offices, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, majority, I would say 80 to 90% of our capital is coming from retail investors, which essentially means people like you and I, right? Um, what, what keeps them up 
in the night. It's really all the noise that's in the market right now, which is interest rates going up, housing markets crashing, um, there's a recession coming. All you see in the market right now is negative news. And when there's so much negativity, investors are confused. And they're not confused because there's too much, too much news. It's because they're confused because they don't know how to make a decision. Yeah. And so for me, while the, while the raising, raising capital is very hard, I try to remove the noise for my investors, right? Through mm-hmm. my own perspective. Now, I'm not saying I'm right. If I was always right, I would probably be sitting on a beach somewhere. Um, so I don't have a crystal ball, right? But it's, it's coming through your own analysis, your true analysis, which is more data-driven. But I basically talk to them about what their concerns are. And these are honest conversations. And they're best when you don't have a deal. Yeah. Right? I, try to, I try to talk to them about when I don't have a deal, when I have nothing to sell to them. They're not thinking that I have an ulterior motive. I'm actually having a very honest conversation. And you know, one thing I've learned recently is when I, when, I initially, when I initially wanted to raise capital, I was giving people answers. Now I actually leave with questions. I confuse the hell out of them, <laughs> but not because I want to confuse them. It's because I'm questioning the status quo, right? I could give them a path of where I want to lead them to, but I would rather have them find the path themselves. I'm always there to support. I'm always on the call. I'm always one phone call, one Zoom session, uh, one knock on the door away, right? But if somebody asks me, what should I do? I actually don't know. And I don't answer that question ever. And for those, who, those of uh, my investors who know me, they actually don't even ask me that question anymore. It's like, this is how I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, let's, let's flip the whole thing on, ups, on its head. Let's ask the question this way. Go back, let's do your work, like come back with something, we'll come back and forth. You know, what it has done is it actually enabled my investors to be clear when, they are, when the investment opportunity happens, they have now been trained not to look at the news in a negative way. They're trying to look at the news and the next question, they're not asking how to be afraid of the news. They're asking the next question as in, how can we take the news to our advantage? Now they're trying to find opportunities in that. So for me, raising has never been easier because I've never approached them for, oh, the housing market is gonna crash. If you don't invest today, you're gonna get screwed, right? That's not the approach I'm using. I'm using the approach as in, look, we've talked about X, Y, and Z over the last few months. Something is coming true, something is not. Here's an opportunity that, that I'm working on. Take a look at it. I'm gonna give you two months heads up on something that's come, yeah. that, that I'm working on now. Take a look at it, do your own analysis. When the deal comes, let's have a reconnect and let's talk more. Saka, this has been awesome, man. I know we got to kind of wrap it up here in a minute, but uh, I, I wanted to say you are somebody that um, you've experienced and I've watched you at different points just experience various levels of transformation in your life. And I think that's what mm-hmm. the most powerful thing is where you, you, you came to a place where you're like, oh my gosh, I can reduce my taxes. Oh my gosh, I can grow my income. Oh my gosh, I can, I can actually put myself out there and go to these events and be seen as, as a syndicator. Um, can you talk to us for a minute? Because I know this was really powerful at an event. But just talk to us for a minute about your why in wanting to do this. Obviously, you know, because you know, just yeah. hey, I, I want to have <clears throat> yachts and mai tai lifestyle. Uh, you know, that that can be you know good for some people, but I think you you have a very powerful why. Can you share yeah, kind of what that is? Yeah, definitely. And and for those of you who know me, I'm a very reserved. I, I'm, I keep my life very private, but I'm a very public person, right? Kind of like I'm open to everything, but a few things I don't share with anybody. At an event that, that uh, Bronson is referring to, 
you should always go to that event. It's called How to Win Friends, How to Win Funds, uh, How to Influence People and One Friends. What is that event name? It's, you know, it's, name? It comes from the book How to Win Friends and Influence People, but there's a it's How to Win Funds. Funds and influence people. Yeah, yeah. people. Correct. Thank yeah. you. I got it differently. Yeah, yeah, no um, I went back emotionally to that event when that happened yeah. to me. Right? So it was a very powerful session that me and Russ Gray had. And, um, and within less than three minutes, he was able to get my why that I've never shared. My wife doesn't know that why. At least at that moment, she did not. Right. Mm. So that's when I really realized the, the power of deep connection, the power of deep, uh, deep conversations where he was actively listening to what I was saying. And he was able to extract out of me what, what really drove me, right? So what really drove me to answer your question, Bronson, is I grew up in a very humble upbringing in India. And where I am today, it's all because of the education that my family, mm -hmm. my parents provided me, right? Mm -hmm. I am talking to you, Bronson, today and to your audience, not because I'm smart, not because not because of it, it's because my parents mm. invested in my education to, so that I could break that glass ceiling of trying to meet day-to-day -day meals and then be at a point where I can, uh, I can be financially free and offer that to somebody else, right? Now, when I look back, I still see people in India and that's not a problem only in India, it exists everywhere. There are kids, their families who don't even know where they're gonna get their next meal. Mm -hmm. uh, how are we going to create a world where they become the future wealth builders? They cannot. And that's the name of our company, Impact Wealth Builders, because what we want to do is we want to not just impact Bronson, people like you and I, we want to impact our kids because we want to empower them to be the next wealth builders. But most importantly, we want to help these individuals, these kids who don't have their means, to, uh, who don't have means to meet their meals and stuff like that to get them to a point where we're educated enough to elevate themselves out of there and then become the next world, but join the cadre of people like you and I, our kids, our families, and bring that. So our purpose in life right now is one single goal of how to expand that impact and bring more and more people uh, from that demographic to join the wealth building game. That's great. Well, Socket, I, I appreciate you sharing that, man. It's a really, uh, you know, I think about it sometimes just about the the way that we are so fortunate, no matter what, where you come from, and especially, you know, if you're from a, you said a more rural place in India, just, you know, to mm -hmm. be doing what you're doing and, and to be able to really want to help other people that I really commend you for that. And I, I've always appreciated about you that you are a person of integrity, that you're always looking to help people. You're always looking to bring value and you're an abundant minded guy and you always have a good word for everybody. And I just, I really appreciate that about you. Appreciate your friendship. I just want to encourage everybody to oh, reach thank out you, to you. Feeling and, is likewise, you know, man. Thanks, man. And just, Feeling you know, is likewise. To, to get on your deal list, to figure out what you're doing as far as your deals. I personally think the why is more important than what you're doing. And especially if you invest with somebody who's understanding why they're doing right. it. And so with Socket, I mean, that's a very real thing that he shared. So Socket, how can people get in touch with you if they want to? Uh, they want to yeah, definitely. The best way is um, go on my website, impactwealthbuilders.com. Uh, I, I, I just co-authored a uh, best-selling book, Think Big. Uh, do not buy that copy on Amazon. You don't have to. I mean, you can if you want to you don't have to, um, on my website, there's a book launch link. Just click on that, schedule a call with me. Uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a conversation. would love to understand your story. And then I'll send you the book for free. Um, awesome. Now, if you don't, if you, you don't have to read my story, uh, but there are 45 other stories. And uh, my goal is that there'll be one story in that book that you can connect with and gain inspiration from 
and change your life. That's the only goal that I have. Awesome, Saka. Well, thanks so much for uh, being here. I think I'm going to see you next week in Dallas for an event, but uh, it's yeah. always a pleasure, man. We're looking forward to- uh, Well, thank you, Bronson. I really appreciate the opportunity and good luck with everything. Thanks, man. Wow, great interview. Um, Socket Jane, just, I mean, you hear it, the passion about really wanting to help others and really wanting to give back. And I find a lot of people that are financially free, uh, it, there's a shift that happens, right? This happened for me, even a few years ago, like, how do I make enough money to do whatever I want to do? To, well, how can I give back? How can I help others? How can I really make an impact? My big why is how can I try to end human slavery, modern day human slavery in the world in uh, today? I mean, in 2022, there are 20 to 40 million human slaves today. It's more than ever been in the history of the world. You know, so slavery is in fact alive and, alive and well in many cities and countries of the world, including the US. Um, so that's something to me is that's a big driver for me is trying to figure out how to end that. It's a big, hairy, audacious goal. But uh, for you, hopefully you have a why that drives you. And as you meet people, as you connect with people, it's important that you're always asking the question, how can I add value? How can I help people? And if you have a strong why below that, it's even better because you're coming from a place that isn't greed. It's, it's not coming from a, hey, invest in my deals or look at my stuff, right? People can sense that they can smell it from a mile away. When you're genuinely interested in people and you genuinely want to help people, it really comes through. So again, thanks for taking the time to do this. It's or to be on this or to listen to this. It's, it's really fun to be able to do for me. And if you're not on our investment club, we'd love the opportunity to be able to share some deals that we really are passionate about with you. Um, so you can do that at bronsonequity.com. You can click the join button. We'll start out, we'll have a call set up a relationship with you and be able to share our upcoming deals, multifamily deals, as well as our ATM fund and some other investments that we do. So, um, anyway, thanks for taking the time. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the mailbox money show. You've been listening to the mailbox money podcast for more free resources, articles, and videos go to bronsonequity.com. There you can download your copy of the special report, The Single Best Investment Strategy During and After a Pandemic. None of the information shared here is an offer to buy a specific investment, and this is for educational purposes only. Consult your financial, legal, and tax professionals and use your own common sense before making any investment decisions. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to tune next time for more Mailbox Money.